You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. Brand new Speaker of the House today, Craig Fergus, sworn in, the first black man to, a black person to be the Speaker in the House of Commons. Of course, that set in motion after uh, Speaker Rhoda had to step down due to uh, the Nazi in the gallery situation and what happened with that. But you might remember prior to all of this happening just a few days before that uh, the prime minister stood in the house of commons and and said that uh, they had allegations or had ebit, had uh, intelligence that said uh, that uh, alleged that the indian government was linked to the killing of a sikh separatist on canadian soil in british columbia uh, back in june and then that was it all that was that was all that was said and then of course uh, the president zelensky thing and we kind of moved on from this that being said india has not and have expelled or asked to leave some 41 of 62 diplomats. Where are we now? Elliot Tepper with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University, and here now. Elliot, thanks for the time. I hope you're well. Oh, thank you. So, Elliot, we, we go back to uh, uh, the Prime Minister saying this in the House of Commons. Uh, later, it came out that there was intelligence from the Five Eyes that uh, had talked about all of this. When, when the Prime Minister got that information, what should he have done as opposed to just stand up in the House and, and reveal it? Well, it's quite clear that there was great effort put to, on to keeping this discreet and, and behind the scenes and a lot of diplomatic uh, conversations. It was not intended to be a public statement, except for the very energetic and efficient uh, journalists that we have in Canada. It was about to be broken uh, into the press. But before that, there was a lot of effort after the, uh, and remember the context, this, this is a government that has been accused of uh, not listening to the intelligence uh, over China. And they got scorched for this. So no government in Canada was going to ignore intelligence that there was something uh, going on that was untoward, uh, reported by the intelligence community. We sent our um, national security advisor, Jody Thomas, uh, this is the, the advisor to the government, twice to India, so once for four days, once for five days, I think the head of CSIS went. And then privately, privately, the issue was raised at the G20 when our prime minister joined all the others at the G20. So there was a great effort to uh, to try to resolve this this uh, very charged environment by by uh, keeping it quiet. And right now, once it's over, once we have this out in the news, the government of Canada is once again saying we aren't trying to pick a fight with India. We're not trying to uh, to have bad relations with India. We want to go back to quiet diplomacy. Our our foreign minister just said that. Um, what did the what did the government think the reaction would be? Because clearly the allies have distanced themselves from us on this. Well, I'm not so sure they have. Uh, I know that's a, a common perception, but in fact, uh, the allies were the source of some of the information very directly. Mm-hmm. The allies, the U.S. said uh, sent their, their diplomats, sent their ambassador to Canada out into the public on the airwaves, saying, "Oh yes, we were." We provided some of this information. And then the uh, Anthony Blinken, the foreign minister, said there's an effort to drive a wedge between Canada and the U.S. It's not going to happen. And their security advisor, Jake Sullivan, has said no one gets an exemption for this. So I think there's very clear messaging going on, plus the information we hear that President Biden raised this himself at the G20, again, off the record with Mr. Modi. So there's been a lot of 
um, public-private going on. Everybody uh, wants to have India on their side, and everybody in the democratic world, in this emerging world order, because of the emergence of China and their wolf warrior diplomacy, and also because of you know, the Russian situation. India is a key player. Everybody wants India to be a responsible player. But this, of course, is uh, throwing up a cloud uh, in that regard. So what happens now, Elliot? What's in uh, India's reaction is one of expelling 41 diplomats. They say they're asking for proof. Uh, uh, is any of that happening? Well, I think they have the proof. Yeah. <laughs> they're well aware of the situation. No, I think this is a real test case, not for Canada, but for India. India is an emerging power. There's a lot to be proud of in terms of what they've been doing. Uh, their, their successes in all kinds of areas is very impressive. And I'm a longtime promoter of good Canada-India relations. I'm terribly saddened by what's going on. But what we do know is that the world expects now India to play a role. They want that role to be a positive role, one that uh, uh, is a reliable partner going forward. I think this is a test case for India. And right now, I don't think they're doing very well on it. They are treating Canada and NATO, a member, a G7 member, uh, with something like contempt. How India chooses to present this situation and themselves going forward, I think is going to be a real test case for what kind of country we know about China and <laughs> we know about Russia. Mm -hmm. What kind of country will India be as an emerging power? Does India's reaction to this, expelling the diplomats, uh, obviously giving the cold shoulder to the prime minister, does that create suspicion? In other words, if they were innocent, they wouldn't be acting this way. Yes, I, I've been waiting for the next step. And the next step was one we've just seen, and it's a very negative one. Uh, they, if they ex expel 21 of our, uh, our diplomats, that means they will have 60 here, and we will have 21 there, a sharp reduction, then Canada will have to... Uh, reduce its presence in India, which would be very unfortunate indeed at this stage. The, I'm not sure where this goes for here. As I say, I think the ball is really in India's court, not in Canada's court, for showing what kind of an emerging power they wish to be. And right now, the signs are rather disconcerting. We remember 20 years ago, not that long ago, when China was the golden goose. Everybody was courting them. They were the future. They were this. They were that. And we know where we ended up there. Are right. you concerned the same thing will happen to India? You said it's up to India now to prove sort of their world worth. Yes, you can count on the fact that the world will, the Western world, the democratic world will continue to court India. They use their weight very, very well. They have a very talented civil service. They're foreign service is very skilled. They will you continue to use their weight very successfully going forward, I think, but you may count on it that every country that has a large Indian diaspora is now going to be viewing India in a different fashion as a result of what we've just discovered. Uh, they are going to be viewed publicly as you know, a potential partner and a lot of smiles, but privately, I think they've already paid a reputational cost. How they are being viewed uh, going forward is largely dependent, again, on how this works out between Canada and India. Does this divide the Indian community, both at home and here? One of the worst parts of all of this is that yeah. Mr. Modi is being accused of using divisions within India. Let's put it differently. I was asked by a Canadian diplomat going to India a few years ago what I thought, and I said, well, Mr. Modi's economic policies may come into conflict with his social policies. So the the Hindutva policies, the 
uh, Hindu majoritarianism that's being used in India and the increasing strain on not only their minorities, but also on press freedom and so forth. It disturbs me as a friend of India to see India routinely in the public media uh, classed of thought more and more with authoritarian states. The, the um, step forward on this, I don't know. As a, I'm, I'm hoping that the internal pressures, keeping in mind how important for Canada uh, the Indian relationship is in terms of our population. When we have something like 1.4 million people of Indian origin, and about half of them Sikhs who have been a dynamic part of Canada for so mm -hmm. long, uh, India doesn't recognize dual citizenship. So anybody who wants to go home now has to apply for a visa, which is, I mean, back to the home country, not home. The home is Canada. But if they want to go visit their relatives, if they want to go for the marriage season, if they want to do business, all that's now being hindered by not on the Canadian side, but on the, on the um, Indian side, Mr. Modi has used the division within India, inside India, to split communities against each other. Remember, he was PNG. He, he couldn't get a visa to Canada until he mm. became prime minister or the U.S. because of uh, allegations, unproven, but allegations about his treatment when he was chief minister of Gujarat. That, my first home in India. So uh, about Muslims, the division between Sikhs and Hindus uh, is being inflamed unquestionably by the yeah. policies and, and regrettably by the policies of the government of India as part of a majoritarian approach to, uh, to its uh, holding power, seeking and holding power. But if they transport that back into Canada, and there are signs that that's happening, that would be a most unfortunate unfortunate result of all of this. Um, you know, we have to all be Canadians in this regard. Mm. We have to be very self-aware that manipulation possi possibly is going on. Uh, so it's not a question of immigrants bringing the, you know, the, the, the troubles of their home country into Canada. There's real concern now, and I hope it's false, uh, but real concern that uh, foreign countries are importing their domestic yeah. concerns into Canada to our very uh, open and dynamic society. And that would be, that would be not a justiciable crime, but it would certainly be highly unfortunate. Elliot Tepper with us, Emeritus Professor, Political Science, Carleton University, the relationship with, uh, between Canada and India and how it is now strained. Elliot, as always, thanks for the time. Be well. Most certainly. Same, same to you, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com.